Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. We have quite the show planned for you today. Yeah. Very in-depth, very content-driven. Uh, it's going to get deep, so buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. It'll probably end up being two shows. We'll see. I don't have any idea how I'm going to be able to fit all of this content into one program. So let me just start off by saying this. I believe that the most famous ancient Greek legends embody some of the truth of what actually took place according to the Bible. And I'll be showing you why. But more than that, what if I told you that Greek mythology, you know, the Titans, the Olympians, the six-fingered and six-toed giants in the Bible, the fallen angels creating a superhuman race of people, the Nephilim, and the technology that is being built right now for the world to consume in the near future are all related. That's what we're going to be talking about. And I also want to make uh, a prediction. I don't want to say it's a, a prophetic word, but I really feel strongly that uh, it is going to be a part of our future. I predict as time goes on, the people of this world will become increasingly hostile to all of the others on the earth that will refuse to upgrade their bodies. Before we get started with the today's program, really, you know, get into the nitty gritty, I want to give you a fundraising update. This is such a critical fundraiser. We've been saying it now for the last four weeks. This is our end of the year fundraiser. We only do a fundraiser like this one time every year where we try to meet all of our TV uh, fundraising goals for the following year. So this week was a much better week. Um, and I wanna give a, a very special thank you to Karen for your generous donation, uh, as well as the Mudholans who have decided to give again, uh, Paulette, Mike, Donna, Shelly, and Ron, and Mitzi and Ralph. Thank you, all of you, for your generous donations. Adrian, uh, Miri, Richard, Norman, Sherry, who's actually a regular monthly giver, but decided to give to this campaign as well. That's amazing. That's awesome. Ronald and, and Barbara, Noah, Joshua and Jane, Keith and Joseph. Thank you all for getting involved this week. It is coming down to the wire. I, uh, I, I We actually have to have it sooner than I thought. I thought it was gonna end up being somewhere in January even maybe the middle of January. No, that's whenever we would officially be going on. So they actually want to know if we will be doing it at the end of next week. So hopefully I can buy myself a couple of more days. I'm gonna tell you right now, we still have to raise $31,200. $31,200. And we are truly down to the wire. And I have been praying. I know you have been praying. We've been asking the Lord that he would begin to just to speak to those that watch this program. You know, on a on a kind of a, a, a similar note, but still a side note, did you know that if 10% of our viewing audience 
gave only $30 a month that every single one of our needs would be met. That, and I'm not just talking about TV goals. I'm not talking about DirecTV, Dish Network, Comcast. I'm talking about those things as well, but I'm talking about all of our needs, all, you know, your salary, my salary, what it takes to make this all possible. Everything could be accomplished if only 10% of the people gave $30 a month. That's right. But right now we are asking that you would just consider giving a generous amount that you would get involved right now. I pray that some of you that maybe he have already given would see the need that we have right now and even consider giving again during this time to help us reach our goal. We need another $31,200. Now, I got a letter in the mail today. Actually, it wasn't today. It was this week. Actually, it wasn't this week. It was at the end of last week. <laughs> I want to be I want to be honest with you. And I really and I don't know if it's a sign, but it sure feels like a sign. I told you at home last week that I really felt that we were supposed to um well, let me tell you what I said last week. I said this. Many of you know that I was Pastor Jim Baker's co-host for almost eight years. And I also did a couple of other shows for him that had a lot like Revelation in the News, where we'd have 25, 35, 40,000 plus views every single week. And you were my co-host back then. We had gained a following, tr quite a following. And whenever the Lord spoke to me to resign, which I did, over the last several years, I can't tell you how many people I've come into contact with that they say, what are you doing now? Well, I'm still doing a TV show. Even the last year, what are you doing? Where are you? All my, you know, whenever I run into people that, that remember me from the Jamaica show, well, I, I, we have a show on DirecTV and Dish Network. Do you not know? No, I have no idea. I'm telling you right now that the vast majority of the people that would love to watch this show, that would love to be partners of this ministry, have no idea that we are on TV still. I, 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 I kid you not. So I believe that the Lord spoke to me and I contacted the, 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 it's the group that brokers the contracts between the shows and the networks. And I said this, out of, out of all of the Christian networks, are there any time slots available that would be right before the Jim Baker show or preferably right after the Jim Baker show where the Zach Drew show could come on. And I, and I said, first check to see if there's any time slots available that are on the current network that we're on. So she ended up getting back with me and out of all the Christian networks, there was only one singular network that had a time spot open and it was the lead out, which was the preferable, that it would air the Jim Baker show for an hour, and then right afterwards, it would air the Zach Drew show. I just felt like that was just like a golden nugget that was dropped in my head, and I'm like, why have why didn't we do that from the very beginning? I, I just felt like that's what we needed to do. And there was a time slot available, I believe that was providential of the Lord, and then that week, I got this letter. Now, I'm not gonna tell you who it's from because I did not ask this husband and wife if I could read their letter. So I'm not gonna mention their name, but they said this. Dear Zach Drew, at last we have found you. Hmm. It has to be Holy Spirit indeed. Personally, I wept whenever you voiced you were leaving the Jim Baker show back some years ago. My husband and I tried to find where you went and did see you give some news details on a couple of programs and then we heard or saw nothing. But we prayed for you 
for we saw you had something only given by God for this hour. Thank you. We have just found you on one of our channels and have recorded your programs. The Lord spoke to us about getting about giving into your ministry as he is leading you to reach multitudes. Thankful to see you and hear your voice of truth that comes from the Lord. We continue to pray for you in this ministry, IGBY, and I'm not going to say their names. I almost said their names. <laughs> and I, listen, I'm telling you, I really felt like that. I don't know if that was a sign. It sure did feel like a sign. Yeah. That right after I say all of this, switching, wanting to switch the network, there was a time slot, one singular slot available. And then I get this letter saying, we found you. We couldn't find you forever. We had no idea where you went. I'm like, same thing. I just got done saying that that week on, on to you guys. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise that last $31,200. And what we would be doing, everybody watching through Comcast Cable PTL, we will continue being aired there. But everyone watching, listen to me, everyone watching on CTN, what our goal is to do is to go from CTN to another Christian channel called WHT. So making it very clear, if you watch every week on DirecTV, CTN, you're watching on channel 376. We would simply be going from 376 to 367, okay? And instead of being aired on Monday, we'd be airing on Saturday. Please get involved. We are truly down to the wire. I am just praying right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would move on the hearts of those that are watching right now. That whatever needs to take place, you would, you would see it to the end, Father God. Whether it's just tons of people giving small amounts, whether it's a few giving a large amount, whatever it is, how that you've ordained it, God. I just pray that you would move on the people's hearts right now to get involved. In Jesus' name we, we pray, amen. amen. We're going to be right back with the content of the day. So I explained at the very beginning of the show that I believe that the ancient Greek legends embody some of the truth of, of what actually took place in the word of God yeah. and how the Greek legends and, and the giants of the Old Testament with the six fingers and six toes and the fallen angels creating some type of superhuman race according to Genesis chapter six and the future of technology. They are all of the same story and it's going to repeat before our very eyes. That is the sh that is the sh these shows that we're doing right now. That is what it is about. But to lay the foundation, if you have never heard of the angel view of Genesis 6, this is going to be the most condensed Reader's Digest, impactful, quick version you have ever heard mm -hmm. on this subject. Okay, so very quickly, delay the foundation because if I don't lay this, you don't, you'll have no idea what in the world I'm talking about. In the middle of Matthew 24, Jesus made a very strange remark. He said this in Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So, whenever we think about what is the world going to be like before Jesus returns, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be whenever I come back. Now, that means people will be eating, drinking, uh, being married, be, you know, being given in marriage and, you know, like the scriptures say. 
there are many people that believe that whenever Jesus is talking about the days of Noah, it is an all-encompassing statement. That what the world was like politically, what the world was like spiritually, what the world was like in every regards is how the world will be, which is very interesting that many people, many scholars believe that even in the days of Noah, um, whenever the flood took place, because, well, humans were living to eight, nine hundred years, that there were billions of people on the planet, possibly even six, seven, eight, nine billion people on the planet in the same ballpark that we are currently in today. Very People think like, well, you know, there might have been a million or two on the, no. Nothing about exponentials. It's every eight, nine hundred years, mm-hmm. everyone is just having babies <laughs> and staying alive. Yeah. It gets real packed real quick. Okay. <laughs> so what was going on in Noah's day? Well, let's take a look at the times of Noah. So we're going to go back now to Genesis chapter six to see what were the times of Noah like? What in the world was going on then? Here's Genesis chapter six, verses one and two. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Now, it's very important that you understand that the term sons of God was always and only used for direct creations of God throughout the Old and New Testament. Yeah. Old Testament, that's Job 1 and 6, 2 and 1, 38 and 7. For those of you that are taking notes, you can go back and, and read. New, New Testament, Luke chapter 20, verse 36. So whenever it says sons of God, came down and began to multiply, took the daughters and began to multiply with them. It's saying a direct creation from God. Yeah. Meaning angels. Let's continue. Genesis 6, 3 and 4. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Now Nephilim means the fallen ones. The root word is Nephal, which is to fall, to be cast down, to fall away or to desert. So The synopsis so far is that a group of fallen angels, not all of them, tried to create a hybrid race by impregnating women by force. This is the angel view of Genesis chapter 6. Yeah, and some people just, I mean, just a fun trivia fact in case you ever in a party and want to, some people believe that um, the, the offspring, when they died, that, that, demons today are actually yeah. are mm-hmm. actually the spirits of those disembodied offspring because if you think about it angels were never meant to have bodies in the way that humans do um so you're saying that whenever so whenever the dot the, the fallen angels came down had babies by regular women mm-hmm. creating these superhuman hybrids of and you can read about these things people 
that they, these hybrids, that they were part human and they were part something else entirely. They were, they were, you, you, you can see these in, in hieroglyphics and, in, in pyroglyphics, whether, whether you're in Egypt or whether you're in, you know, uh, uh, caves in America that, you know, Native Americans lived in. That's right. right. That they, they, they drew, they drew history on the walls. These massive beans with six fingers and six toes, whether you're in Egypt or America, these giant beans and people bowing down and worshiping them because they were massive. They were, they were beast-like people with God, little g, little g, with God-like intelligence that they are worshiped. Yeah. And, and whenever those people died, you're yep. saying that the theory is... Yeah, that, 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 they, that when we talk about, I mean, when you see in scripture, uh, people being possessed by unclean spirits, another way to look at that word unclean is an unnatural hybrid of one thing and another. So... Um, that, you know, just a fun little trivia. That <laughs> is, it's very, that is interesting. So now here's the thing. If what we have said is correct, let it be established in the mouth of at least two to three witnesses, right? Witness one, Jude chapter one. Now we're going to New Testament, verse six and seven. And it says this, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And witness two. Second Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. So it's referring to these angels in Noah's time. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Now, first of all, that's very interesting. There it is. But it says here, it says, but cast them down to hell in verse four. That word hell in the Greek right there is Tartarus. That is the one and only time in the Bible that that word is ever used. And it's where God said, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them to Tartarus. So the angels that left the original abode, that went after strange flesh, flesh that was different, mm -hmm. that created these beings, those angels were cast into a place called Tartarus. <clears throat> and it was the only time in all the Bible that word was mentioned. But it's interesting that that word does appear in Greek literature. One time ever in all of the Bible. And it was the place where the angels were sent. But yet it appears in Greek literature. It's referred to as the dark abode of woe. It's a pit of darkness in the unseen world. It's also mentioned in Homer's Iliad. This is how they describe it. Tartarus is 
as far below Hades, so as far below hell as the earth is below heaven, meaning it is the darkest, most wicked part of hell. If you study Greek mythology, you run into the Titans. Who were what? According to Greek mythology. What were they? The Titans were like massive gods. That's right. And they they were partly terrestrial and partly celestial. Do you see how it, it, it the overlap here? Mm-hmm. And they rebelled against their father after prolonged contest. They were defeated by Zeus and condemned into, guess where? Tartarus. Do you see the parallel here? And think about, you know, what's going to happen at at the end of time when the angels are judged, when Satan is judged. What happens to them? They're thrown into the pit. Yes. I mean, think about this is, Tartarus is being described as the basically the deepest, yes. darkest part of hell. That's the pit. Exactly. Now... I want to suggest to you, like I said, that the legends of the ancient Greeks embody the truth of what really actually happened in the past in Genesis chapter 6. So now that the foundation has been laid, much of the human race will become one again with something else. I believe that something will be technology. I don't mean your iPhone, your, your Alexa, your you know, the Google search engine being in your head. I'm talking about a type of technology that's indistinguishable from magic, a technology that has the capability to give you what is referred to as super intelligence, AI so advanced to become one with it will essentially make you like a little God, all while being part human and part something else entirely. And that is what we're talking about on today's program. Human 2.0, people. Human 2.0 is coming much faster than you think. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it'll be in the coming of the Son of Man. And whether you like it or not, or whether you even accept it or not, humanity is already slowly merging with technology. The embedding of this super tech this super technology within the human body. Google already wants it. I'll talk about it. Elon Musk's Neuralink wants it. Facebook wants it. Other companies like Kernel want it. Let's go ahead and start off. Let's talk about Google. Google, inside your head, brain implants, on way to revolutionize AI for humans. Top AI expert, Nicholas Kirinos, believes within 20 years, implants put into humans' heads will allow us to not have to memorize a thing. Without making a sound or typing anything, you can ask something like, how do you say this in French? And instantly you'll hear the information from the AI implant and be able to say it. Nick says the need to learn things in parrot fashion as we are taught in schools will disappear completely. Google will be in your head, and that's not far-fetched. It'll be like having a really smart assistant that will almost think like 
you. Think about think about the control that they'll have over us with with uh, technology like this. Whoever owns the the technology owns the flow of information. I mean, right now, today, if I don't like what Google tells me, I can go to another search engine like DuckDuckGo. Exactly. They'll give me a, a web page of completely different results. But whoever owns this, think about the control they'll have. Whatever questions you're giving it, they give you whatever answers they deem to be the truth. Yeah, they will be the gate of truth. That's right. The end of school. AI Google Brain implants to replace education and supercharge IQ. Once again, same man, top AI expert Nicholas Carinos believes artificial intelligence will dram dramatically transform the way we learn. He is working on a revolutionary AI to personalize education. Anyone between the age of 8 and 80, anywhere on the planet, at their own pace, can learn almost anything, and it's highly personalized. So the more that AI gets to know you, the more it adapts to teaching, its teaching style, its voice, it, the, you know, the time of day it speaks to you, all to optimize learning. Nick said the new learning tool could end school as we know it, getting rid of rogue memorization, where facts are learned and repeated and eventually forgotten. That's not learning, Nick said. This has been Google's dream, to, to merge us with technology from the beginning. In 2011, Stephen Levy made this bold statement about the company in the book called In the Plex. And it was said in this book, it says, quote, from the very start, its founders saw Google as a vehicle to realize the dream of artificial intelligence in augmenting humanity. It's not just Google, the race to integrate the human mind with AI is on. Now, let's talk about Neuralink. Here we go. How the human brain will download directly from a computer. Understand, let me just stop. Follow the money. Who, if you don't think this is going to happen, who, who do you think has more power? You? You or Google? You or the richest man in the world being Elon Musk? Right. You or Facebook? You or basically all of Silicon Valley? If they want it, this is where the money is going. This is where the power is going. This is the technology that they're building right now. I don't care if you don't believe it. Those who control every piece of information you receive, whether it's through Google, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through your Apple iPhone, these are the people that are creating it. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. Neuralink, how the human brain will download directly from a computer. Neuralink, just a little history about Neuralink. It was a company that was started by Elon Musk in 2016. It's developing ultra-high bandwidth brain-machine interfaces to connect humans to computers. Now, this is just an article from way back when to just establish what it is. We're going to be talking about what they are achieving today. In the long term, the company's goal is to develop the technology for human enhancement. Elon Musk is funding research toward the development of neural lace technology. This is the emerging technology that could link human brains with computers without the need of a physical connection. Wow. Did you... That could link human brains with computers without the need of a physical connection. This would be possible by implanting tiny electrodes into the brain. The result would be the enhancement of memory and cognitive powers by effectively merging humans with artificial uh, 
intelligence. And you might think, you know, I like Elon Musk. Like, I follow him, and he seems like a good guy. He's not a Mark Zuckerberg. He's not a Jeff Bezos. It doesn't matter. The god of this world is Satan. Yes. And and he owns this world for a time. So when we see all of this development, that's where it's going. That's right. And you know what? I'll tell you, I'll say this. I think Elon Musk is absolutely misguided, but he's one of he's one of the billionaires that I actually like. It's like, well, wait, wait a second. You, you just read an article that he's creating a technology to merge us with artificial intelligence, and you just read, read Genesis chapter six. Well, if you put, I don't agree with it. I think it's horrible. I think that he doesn't understand how he's being moved by the enemy. Pray that um, that he would be saved. But you've got to understand and put yourself in his shoes. What he believes is also accurate. He believes in the age of superintelligence, that of singularity, whenever AI far surpasses the intelligence of the human brain, which is scheduled to be around the year 2030, is whenever it becomes equal to or greater. By 2040 is whenever we reach the place of singularity, where it far far surpasses that of the human brain, where you have people like Masayoshi Son who believes that in the day age of super intelligence that this technology will have an IQ that of 10,000 reference point Einstein best case scenario IQ of 200 and yet we will merge with this type of technology and we will become like little gods half human half something else entirely like Genesis chapter 6 but in the age of of super intelligence. If you put this, if you put this type of tech into machines and not the human body, Elon Musk believes it becomes an existential threat that we will literally be killed by this super intelligence. So right. he's so for Think years. The for years, he was calling for regulation out, you know, from DC. This needs to be regulated. This needs to be regulated. This needs to be regulated. Right, and he and he basically said, "No one would pay attention to me. I saw the future of technology. It is absolutely terrifying. There is no regulation. It's essentially like the Wild West. Everybody can create and do anything they they want without any oversight. Therefore, since I see where this is going, and this super intelligence being into a machine will kill us all, he believes. Well, the best case scenario then is to simply merge with it." to try to save our own existence, the best case scenario is to merge with it. Totally disagree with him, but I understand where he's coming from. Right. Right? Okay. So Neuralink has made absolutely huge strides in this endeavor for us to, you know, be able to connect with the computer without any physicality taking place. It was revealed in 2020 that in their studies they have test monkeys uh, they've they've made this much progress that a monkey can now control a computer using its brain that ha- i mean for those of you that are just now hearing this you know that's go and watch the news conference of the neuralink i mean actually elon musk said it on stage and he wasn't supposed to say yeah it. they were annoyed with him yes they were <laughs> supposed to say and then they had to they had to go out, you know, they hadn't released the white papers or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and they had to go back and say, okay, yes, we have been successful on teaching a monkey how to connect its brain to the computer. We weren't ready to tell the world that yet. Yeah. So they've been able to, they have been able to, um, the monkey can play video games with his mind successfully, Right. 
Because if you connect a, a monkey's brain to Mario and it just keeps going down the hole, game over, game over, game over, game over, that monkey's not using right. <laughs> its brain to control the video game. But he is successful at it, playing games like Pong. Dun, 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 right? Yeah, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. Exactly. We did a show about three weeks ago talking about what video games were like in Pong. And what video games are like today, mm-hmm. an unbelievable, truly nearly unbelievable difference. Mm-hmm. And so where will we be with video gaming in 20 years? It will be indistinguishable from the real world. But take that same scenario. The monkey's playing Pong, people. The monkey's playing Pong. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Philip Cameron of The Orphan's Hands. Many years ago, I met a young man on a television program uh, that, that blew my mind, to be quite frank with you. On the panel, Zach Drew began to speak prophetically as to what was taking place in the world. And out of that first meeting, a friendship has developed and a deepening respect for the vision that this young man has for the world we live in. God appoints people in certain places in our lives. Some are comfort. Some are pastors who love us and guide us. Some are teachers. But once in a while, God puts someone on the wall to look over the wall into our future, to take snippets of information from the far-flung corners of the earth and tie them together into information that will help us be aware as we see that day approaching. Jesus told us to look at the seasons, the times. And what Zach Drew does on the Zach Drew show is exactly that. I've never met anyone in my life that does more thorough research into what's taking place. I never have him on our program. I never meet him. I never hear him speak without him bringing something fresh and pertinent into my life to empower me to live better for the Lord Jesus. And that is the ultimate goal of all of our lives, or it should be. Zach Drew tithes from his ministry into our outreach to orphans. Our ministry cares for young ladies and young men that are in an orphanage system in an Eastern European country who are suspect and subject rather to trafficking and they use these kids 30 to 50 times a day until they kill them and Zach Drew from the very beginning of his ministry decided to put missions in the center and the heartbeat and his giving outreach to those in need I want you to pray about a very special gift at the end of the year I know that his ministry right now has a pressing need, and they're believing God for $100,000. Let me tell you something. I know many organizations have newsletters. Many men and women have newsletters that you subscribe to, and by subscribing to them, they give you information. Well, I know that if you were to help Zach and the ministry that God has given him with a special year-end gift, that you would be subscribing to prophecy, 
that you would be subscribing to the blessing of God in your life. Because God's looking for men like Zach that will look over the wall and see the future, see the way this country is going and the world is going and tell us by bringing in the assimilation of all this information to make our lives more clear as we see that day approaching. I want to pray for you today that God would challenge you. I know there are folk watching and love Zach and his ministry. And you say, well, I, I, I would love to give a $1,000 gift of 100 people or to give $1,000 right now. This need will be met. You say, well, I can't give that kind of money. Well, let me, let me challenge you today. Why don't you ask the Lord about becoming a monthly sponsor of IGBY, I Go Before You Ministries? Your gift, monthly gift, will undergird and sustain him as he reaches beyond where he's at right now. Let me explain. Being on television is very expensive. It's a very expensive way to preach the gospel. But it's the best way because you're reaching more people and you never know who you're talking to. And I'm going to challenge you today. If you could please pray about giving $50 a month or $100 a month. He is on Comcast, which reaches 9 million homes through the PTL network. He's also on CTN to 45 million homes. And that costs thousands of dollars. I know because we're also on those networks. And I want to pray that God would use you today to encourage this great young man to say to him, Zach, we believe in what you're doing. We see the world through the prism that you are helping us understand as these days approach. The Bible says in the last days, horrendous things will take place. Men's hearts will fail them for fear. There'll be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places. I don't have the time to spend hours and hours researching. So I have a friend called Zach Drew that does exactly that. And he never fails, never fails to make me lift my eyebrows and go, wow, I didn't know that. So listen, I want you to pray. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm looking at someone that has the means to bless Zach and to bless IGBY and to reach their hand around the world with the kingdom and the gospel through the mission work of the orphan's hands. I pray that you will speak to every person watching to become part of this ministry, a one-time gift of any amount, a monthly gift which will be the life's blood in the heartbeat of this ministry. And as they do, I pray that you will bless them and bring it back into their lives, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We need Zach Drew's ministry. We need IGBY ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you the address. It's very simple. P.O. Box 797, Decatur, Illinois. 797, Decatur, Illinois. 62525. 62525. That's really easy. That's an easy zip code to remember. P.O. Box 697, Decatur, Illinois. 62525. Or you can go online to the Zach Drew Show, Z-A-C-H-D-R-E-W Show.com. And I want you to give the very best gift you have to help this amazing young man reach beyond where he is to other people 
that need to hear the revelation of where we stand in these end times. God knows what you do. God keeps the books. And I'm excited to see this miracle of $100,000 that Zach needs taken care of in the name of Jesus. Blessings. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye.